Welcome everybody to the new episode of the Truth and Reality Show. I am your host, Anthony Roman, reporting in the middle of nowhere. And thank if you have been listening since day one, thank you. If you just started started to listen the other day, thank you. But let's get let's get, get into it. So last week we saw protests among sports, the WNBA, soccer, baseball. NHL, we saw NBA lead it and not play for three straight days and then resuming the NBA um, playoffs in on Saturday, even though there were reports that Clippers and teams like the Lakers thought the season was over. Um, in baseball, we saw teams either not have games or we saw a team like the Mets uh, come out late uh, this past Thursday, put uh, look like they want to have a game took a moment of silence of for 42 seconds for Jackie Robinson then march off the field and put a black lives matter onto the field we've seen the same uh the M- uh, WNBA pause its season including the NHL now the season's back on many fans do not like it because well there are a lot of opponents towards Black Lives Matter and what the, their thoughts on it. And I'm not going to get into that because it's not a political show. And I ain't, ain't going to debate political stuff with anybody. But long story short, the protest is over. So, sports is starting again. And we saw two teams like the LA Clippers and the Lakers um, basically take advantage of both the Mavericks and Blazers um, injuries. And the impact the injuries had on them. Uh, first, the you know the Mavericks played a great series against the Clippers. We saw Paul George basically not find himself into the end of the series where he was shooting for twenty nine percent, but he found himself. Przingis missed the last three games, which basically helped a team like the LA Clippers and hurt a team like the Mavericks. Who Mavericks healthy, I believe. Could have beaten the Clippers because the Clippers were not playing great, in my opinion. And they played him close. He gives us more options. But, but Dallas is young. We will see them again. And Clippers overtook the injuries that happened in that series between the uh, Dallas and the Clippers. LA saw Damian Lillard not get injured once, but get injured twice. And had CJ McCollum not, not be 100% because of his uh, lower back injury. But again, another team that, if the Blazers were healthy, they showed that they could stay in the game between them and the Lakers. But Lillard's injuries kind of just aided and, and helped the Lakers gain some kind of motivation that they didn't have the first couple games. And once he was gone and injured, there was no stop. There was no stop in the Lakers. So I really hate that. I really, you know, is it a, re- a real victory? Is it a real victory when teams are hurt or not 100%? Are you playing them at their best? Or are you playing them half speed because they're injured and not fully healthy? You know, everybody's going to say, well, everybody's banged up as, to a certain degree. Yeah, that's true. But the truth and reality is when guys are out, it's a different story in comparison to saying a guy's banged up and he's still playing. So I think Lillard being gone and being injured 
helped them. I think, you know, Carmelo Anthony found himself the last game or two, but the reality was in the first couple of games, he wasn't really there. And seeing Jay McCullen look like himself the last game, but the truth and reality, he didn't look like himself even when Lillard was there. And that kind of the protest, I think, and to a certain extent, actually helped him and aided him to kind of heal a little bit more and gain more confidence with his shots once he was able to heal up for at least three straight days. But that series is done. Um, right now, the only series that's continuing in the NBA first round in the Western Conference is the Denver Nuggets versus the Utah Jazz. Jazz had a 3-1 lead over the Nuggets after game four um after game four jamal murray looked like he was done with games two and three he out he only get scored 12 and 14 points and then like the kraken uh was summoned for game four and five six because he came in he scored 50 in game four 42 in game five in game six he scored 50 again and now it is the series is three and three between the Jazz and the Nuggets. The question of the day is who are we gonna see in game seven? Is Jamal Murray gonna continue his hot streak or will he return into the return to the play that he was in game two and three, where he only scored twelve and fourteen? Only God knows, but right now that's the only series that's continuing. Not a series I I've, I've been heavily watching or paying attention to, even though I've seen the highlight world highlight real I'm probably saying it wrong excuse me you know I mean he's a speech therapist you may hear me say multiple names throughout these podcasts and it's always horrible I may need a co-host just to say the names whenever uh names need to be said that I can't for whatever reason pronounce or try to pronounce better but tonight game seven jazz nuggets who's gonna win is is uh Mitchell on the jazz gonna dominate um will jamal Murray score over 40 again what's going to happen ladies and gentlemen so let's get into it now the jaguars this is an interesting team and the reason why they're an interesting team to me was that three years ago they were in the afc conference uh yeah afc conference uh game Versus the Pats, where the Pats won. But this looked like an up-and-coming team that made a plethora of good free agent signings, good drafts, uh, draft signings where draft where they had a dominant defense, a good run game with Leonard Fournette. And for whatever reason, I don't know if it's this is a rebel against Tom Coughlin because Tom Coughlin is gone. There was certain things that that was said that players didn't like about Tom Coughlin or what have you. But this is, again, ladies and gentlemen, three years ago, the Jaguars were one win away from making the Super Bowl. And now it looks like that that wasn't even their dream to sustain the dominance in defense and sustain the, the winning record. It seems like since then, they have made a plethora of trades. They traded Cam- uh, Campbell to the um, to the Ravens. They traded Ramsey to the Rams. They just traded Yannick uh, Noku, a guy who they uh, drafted about four or five years ago. Um, 
and they made all, all these moves and it's like I, I don't understand how these this team that made good moves good decision making moves he just needed to make other moves to sustain the losses either through free agency and what ha- or, or what else and, and continue the development of the players that they have and rather than do that they, they traded players away and they tra- um, and they got rid of players Leonard Fournette ladies and gentlemen is a top was second of I think that's fourth in rushing yards last year in the AFC conference. And you rave him. You you can't get a second. You can't trade him. I mean, this is, I, I, I understand how a team could be so good three years ago. Eventually just let all their players through free agency. They let Ramsey go, like I said before. They let another cornerback, A.J. Bayou, I'm probably seeing his name wrong, to Denver. Campbell to the Ravens. You know, all these plethora of players, and they let them all go. And it's just like, wait a minute, what is this team? Oh, Malik Jackson, who went to the the Eagles. Um, you know, I don't understand that this is a team that if healthy, if drafting good players and good coaching, this team could still be a great team. But that wasn't in their vision. It seemed like whenever Tom Coughlin left, they just, in whatever happened between Coughlin and the Jaguar players this team just said you know what we're going to rebuild but in some ways they didn't rebuild because they've also still drafted good you know within the last three years they drafted a good um left tackle in Robinson a good right tackle in Taylor they got Noel from from the Panthers who was a top five ranked um guard when he left the Panthers and was the best guard in terms of free agency when he was a free agent they have a good center, good receiving crew. I mean, I I don't I don't understand how this team can give up so much or not to try to hold on to players or be smart and adding whatever weaknesses was in 2017 that didn't help them get over the hump. What do you do in 2018 to get you over the hump? You know, last season they, they got Nick Foles. And just like when Nick Foles left the Eagles the last time, it's, uh, the team that he signed with gave up on him because now Nick Foles is with the Chicago Bears. But again, Leonard Fournette was waived. Now, the question of the day is, where does Leonard Fournette go? Does he go to a team because they're a playoff team? Does he go to a team because of the money? What does Leonard Fournette go? Now, the couple teams that I see, three teams that I see that I'm interested in seeing him go to that have holes in their team right now in terms of running backs is well, actually four. First team is the Steelers. James, uh, Connor last year didn't look like himself and didn't look great. So getting another running back would, would be a great addition. But they drafted a player. But Leonard Fournette would be a great addition. Them developing into a, a run-first offense would, would be better for them, especially with... Uh, Ben Roethlisberger getting hurt so much. How can Ben Roethlisberger get hurt if the team turns into a run-first offense? But that's one team. Another team I think is interesting for Leonard Fournette to go to is the Chiefs. The Chiefs right now don't really have a good run game at all. But adding Leonard Fournette, do they have the cap space after signing Mahomes? Would, Would Leonard Fournette sign for one year just because... The Chiefs are that good, and with adding him, it makes them more dominant and more inclined to be in the AOC Conference Championship and even a greater chance of, of 
being in the Super Bowl next year, again, after winning this past year against the 49ers, that's an interesting team to me. Another interesting team to me that I think needs it because um, they saw the Goose um, get released because he had uh, got arrested. It's the Washington team, no longer the Redskins. You know, Adrian Peterson is not 25 years old. He does not have another two or three years in, on him. They traded their future. They didn't trade, but their future, who they thought that was going to be their future running back for the next five to ten years, Nella developed into it. He got hurt majority of the time, and now he's being arrested. He's released. Now, all of Washington goes, goes and falls on the shoulders of Adrian Peterson. But Leonard Fournette will change that. And, you know, if Leonard Fournette, if, if the Washington signs Leonard Fournette, and if Alex Smith proves to be healthy and the same quarterback he was prior to his leg injury, you know, Washington would be a team that people would sleep on. And they would surprise some teams because the defense should improve with Jack DeLaRio as their defensive coordinator. Chase Young makes their pass rushing dominant. You make you give Washington a compatible um, offense with good options. And this is a team that will shock some people. But there's no, I don't know where they're going to go there. Uh, another team that I'm looking at, and they may not do it because they have two young running backs, is the Chicago Bears. Last year, Chicago Bears had a, a horrible offensive line. The run tech did not good. Cohen regressed. He was supposed to like take the next level now that they, they had traded um, Howard to the Eagles. And he regressed. Uh, Montgomery didn't have a great of a season. So that, that would be a team that would be interesting for him to go to. I mean, no matter what, wherever Leonard Fournette goes, he's going to gain 1,000 yards, in my opinion. But the question is, is it money, winning, or both? Um, we'll see within the next three to five days, three to seven days. Um, another player that they traded, which was crazy and, and, and crazy to get uh, be traded because, again, this guy is under... Is, Younger than 27. They drafted Josh Allen the, uh, the year before in 2019. So having Allen and Yannick Nakum as the two do dominant young pass rushers would have been ideal for a team that's looking to rebuild. But again, they made a move where they traded him and they didn't make him happy. He, he wanted to be traded for a long time. You know, the franchise ticket tagged him and he did not like it. He hasn't signed it, and it was rumored that he wasn't going to sign it. He was going to do his own, possibly do his own Leonard, uh, I mean, he's do his own Lavernian Bell holdout uh, because he did not want to sign the franchise tag. Now, Yannick Naku is with the Vikings, who now with Hunter, Daryl Hunter and Yannick Naku have two great pass rushers on the team. Uh... Adding to the pass rushing is, is good for the Vikings right now after letting go a couple of their secondary corner uh yeah, letting go the sec some come of their a couple of their cornerbacks. That was my Bluetooth speaker, ladies and gentlemen. And um now that helps the team contend and helps the secondary. Um we'll see what happens there. As a giant fan, I was hoping for Yannick Naku. Because it seems like the last two years, David Gettleman likes these guys who once got 10 sacks experiments to see if they can rekindle, refine themselves. Last year, they, 
They signed Marcus Goldman, who looked like he wasn't himself the previous season or two, either through injuries or what have you. And he came into the Giants and had 10 sacks. So now... Now they got the guy, another guy, Fakwal or whatever his how you say his name from Green Bay, and that's another experiment. A guy who got demoted after uh, the Smiths brothers uh, signed with the Green Bay and took over his position to help the Giants pass rush. But anyway, long story short, the Vikings have a great young duo who together will have a minimum of sixteen sacks to at least 24 sacks, just with the two of them together. And as we continue, we'll talk about now the MOB tread deadline. Now for me, I don't know about anybody else, the tread deadline for me has always been like one of the fun, fun experiments, not experiments, experiences, times of MOB, you know, Football, they barely made any, they make any trades, and if they do make trades, it's always for draft picks. It's never for player for player, um, and most of the time they don't make a path of moves like the baseball does during the trade deadline. But shortened season in MLB this year with sixty games, a lot of teams are in it, and supposedly they want to expand the wild card experience. Um, and usually before uh, COVID, July 31st was always the tread deadline in the baseball season. And then between August 1st and August 31st, it was always like a waiver claim. They put certain players, players in waivers. They can choose to pull them back if they don't like the trade that, that, or like the team that, that claimed them. But because of COVID, there's only, one, uh, there's only the tread deadline, and that was yesterday. And a team like the Padres seemed, I mean, this team, between the players they gave up and the players they got, we saw 26 players got traded within the last week. You know, the Padres on back of the, the Dodgers right now in the NL West. Uh, right now, in terms of players, they got 11 players and they gave up 15 you know, in my opinion, they added more depth than anything else. I think the one bright spot move that they made was getting ace Mike Clevenger from the Indians. It was a great addition to the team. The other players are a great depth, great guys who we could just add on and just help this team. I think one of the things that, that's helping this team a lot is that pitching compared to last year has improved. Fernando Tatis is an MVP candidate. And they have a chance of being um, a good team now with Michael Clevenger in the playoffs. Um, in the playoffs, once the playoffs start, the Rockies made some moves because they're still in contention. You know, now now that now that there's not one wild card any longer, more teams are going to make trades and have been making trades during the trade deadline to stay in contention. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Uh, yeah, yesterday the Rockies added. Uh, bullpen relief by getting Givens from Baltimore or, or Orioles and getting Kevin Pillar from the Red Sox. Um, both great moves. Pillar is more of a, a depth defensive move while Givens is a great setup man move for them. Uh, Dodgers made no big trades. They traded Ross Strapling to, to the Blue Jays for a player to be named later. And the Diamondbacks 
rather than try to stay in, con- in contention and hope for the best, they traded away five guys like Marte, who they got from, from the Pirates. They traded the clo- closing Archie Bradley, uh, a pitcher of Ruby Ray, who even last year was rumored to be tra- was going to be traded. But apparently the Diamondbacks didn't see any trade they like or the prospects that they were going to get in return for him. But they traded Ray to the Blue Jays. They traded Bradley to the Cincinnati Reds. And they traded Marte to the Marlins. Um, the two bright spots that they made, um, additions that they made out of the players that they traded, uh, that they got back is Club Smith, who's going to be a great, who's a good young uh, starter to add to their to add to their uh, rotation. And they got Roberto Mejia, who had a couple good games, especially against the Mets. So good moves. Uh, the other players that they received are good additions to the minor league system. Because, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know by now, uh, in baseball, sometimes the moves that teams make that are in contention is they always trade at least three of their key top 25 top 30 minor league guys for a player to help them win right now that was the NL West in terms of NL East Braves didn't really make it any moves they traded for Tommy Malone from the Orioles who doesn't really have a great track record of being a good starter so it's not really a great move in their in their part uh, for them now the Marlins made it's kind of a head scratcher, you know. Right now they're right there in the wild card. They got Marte, but then they get rid of, tra- and then they traded away Smith, Roberto Mejia, and Jonathan Villar, which doesn't make sense. This is a team that a couple of weeks ago saw eighteen of between their players and coaches get coronavirus. They saw games get postponed, not just multiple games get postponed, because even after they came back. After 18 of their um, staff and players get coronavirus, they got a game canceled again because the Mets had two pl- two people on the, in, in the organization get coronavirus, a player and a coach, which the funny thing, ladies and gentlemen, they still haven't released who the coach is or who the player is. You know, Marte is a great addition to the outfield, but why give it of Jonathan Villard? Why give it of... Um, Club Smith and pitching. I just, I don't get it. I don't understand why they would make that move and what this would do. I think, you know, subtraction, Marty may help, but getting rid of Villar, who had speed, is going to hurt them big time. But we'll see what happens with them. Um, the Mets made late, late moves in the trade deadline. They got catcher, Chineros, Todd Frazier, from the uh, the Texas Rangers, Todd Frazier's with the Mets the previous two years, who's could play first base and third base. Chineros, um is not having the greatest of seasons. Is a catcher, and they got Miguel Castro, who besides two games that he had this upcoming season, is having actually a great game, a great season. He's six seven, a ground ball pitcher, uh, strikes out a lot. Only twenty five years old. A great move for the Mets because Castro is only 25 and he could develop into a good setup man um the Phillies added more more bullpen help with getting uh David Phillips from the Brewers um this up this this current season Phillies have had great starting pitching but they have seen multiple games get blown by 
by their bullpen and adding Phillips should help. Um, the Nationals, the World Series champions, saw one of the aces in Strasburg have to go down for the year. Um, and, you know, this is a team that they lost Anthony Verdona and they didn't really replace replace him. They brought back guys like Cabrera and, and Sterling Castro to replace him. And now... They're in last place, and basically they're not even trying. It's so crazy, and, and they had the only one win streak away, maybe three games or five games, where they're back in it. They're probably two games away and being contention. But I guess for them, it's just wait until next year. Um, in the central, we saw the Cubs make four moves to four guys. And Martinez, Schaffin, Olsich, and Maven. And all four players are not having a great season. Schaffin and Olsich are, are two lefty relievers who have ERAs over five. Martinez is hitting under 270. Maven is hitting under 270. So I don't understand those moves. Um, you know, maybe the versatility that of Maven and Martinez playing in multiple positions is the attraction towards them. But... These move the move, those four players do not help the Cubs in an impactful way. We'll see if they're if the coaching staff of David Ross's coaching staff can make these players turn around. Maybe it was just the environment these players were in that stopped them from being the players they are they once were. We got teams like Cincinnati under five hundred, but still in contention. So they added more pitching with Archie Bradley to help their bullpen and they added Brian Goodman from the Angels to help their outfield depth. So you know they're trying those are their two little moves they're trying to help their team to stay in contention. Uh the A's made uh two moves. They got Mike Matt Ma Miner, who last year was just like Ruby Ray was supposed to be traded and never got traded because the Texas Rangers did not see any fit with any teams looking to uh, get him. Now, Mike Miner is not having a great season compared to last year, and but he should be a good addition in this um, in the A's team. Uh, the A's also got Tommy La Stella from the Angels. Uh, the Mariners just added to their rebuilding phrase. They added the talent. They just added. Um, not added, they didn't add talent. They added a lot of players. Through the um through trades, I mean, right now I don't know what they're doing. Are they the new uh baseball version of the Philadelphia Six Sixers um, Sixers who said trust the process? So you know the Mar Mariners could be good in the next three to five years if they they develop good, but how does that save the coach's career? You know if the teams suck this season, next season Mariners will fire their coach. And we start the process with a new coach who hopefully has an impact in some kind of way. But um, they traded players away. Um, AL Central made no impactful moves this past trade deadline. The AL East, um, the Blue Jays were the, were the team that seemed more focused in terms of improving. They added Ross Stropling. Ross Stropling. Hopefully I said his name right. From the Dodgers. Walker and Ruby Ray. Guys who can either start for them or go to the bullpen. They added speed by getting Jonathan Villard from the Marlins. They added power by getting Daniel 
Volg back. Probably seen his name wrong. He had power. But the Yankees didn't really make any moves. The Boston just traded away any little talent they did have because they had one of the worst records. You know, um, I always love to tread their line. I always like to analyze it. Just getting back, that's right. It, that's it about the tread deadline. I love tread deadlines. Either these teams get a guy who's impactful for the rest of the season, or they see the guy not turn into the pitcher or batter that they thought they wouldn't be, and then they see the guy either leave free agency, get injured, or what have you. For example. Don't like to bring down my Mets, but truth and reality is last year, the Mets traded for Marcus Stroman, who was pitching for the Blue Jays. He came in, didn't pitch as great as he did as he was with the Blue Jays. Then, uh, the spring training, we saw they saw him get hurt. And then just before, prior to him being activated and entering the season, he chose to opt out because of COVID, because he didn't feel safe. Um, but again, that's a move that unless the, the Mets re-sign him and he performs to the status in this store and performs the way he did with the Blue Jays, it'll be, probably bring down Brody, uh, the GM, the Mets GM's career, um, with the Mets because that's not a good move, but it's not his fault either. Stroman is not the Mets GM's fault. You know, Stroman shows health. And uh, safety over over um, playing. In the next 10 days, ladies and gentlemen, we will have the NFL. And we will be introduced to the new NFL. Will the NFL season have fans in attendance? NFL is the one American sport that we will always consistently consistently see 60,000 fans or more. It's the one sport that if fans do not attend the game, you, you if you ever gone to an NFL game, there will be at least 100 fans or more just tailgating the whole game, just having a full gone, you know, experience where they spend hundreds to even thousands of dollars for their whole tailgating experience. It's going to be an interesting year, you know, every year in every game, Every year, we always see multiple games where fans play part of helping their team win. They want their fans to get loud. They want the opposing offense to uh, make a mistake because they can't hear the quarterback hike the ball. So then what happens? The clock runs out and a penalty penalty happens. You know, it's going to be an interesting uh, season in the NFL. You know... No preseason games, which sucks. Like I said, I think I said last week, you know, last year, majority of the time, preseason is great for those players who weren't able to get drafted, show that they were worth getting, that what teams missed out by not uh, by not drafting them and by not even considering them. And a guy, like I said last year, I mean, last week was Richter Cruz, who played for um, UMass, came in, great slot receiver, Unfortunately, injuries somewhat killed his career, but he was a great guy. Sometimes we also see guys who were drafted between the fifth and seventh round perform better than those who are drafted between the first and fourth round. You know, where's the competition? How do you compete? How do you have a wide receiver, running back, kicker? Not really kicker, but um, 
linebacker, pass rush, you know, whatever competition that usually happens through preseason that usually you need gameplay to really help make you make a decision. We don't see that this this year. So this is going to be a tricky year, I think, for a lot of teams to make a decision. You know, um, and they're going to see probably a lot of their players not even get claims through, through waivers. Why? Because there is no videotape of how they did in the preseason. So why would you claim a guy who you don't have videotape and seeing, man, this guy is good. He's this little thing to be polished in certain areas and he'll be great. But you really even can't even do that. Um, do that, which is interesting. Um, you know, the next, um, and continuing in terms, going back to the NBA, it's going to be an interesting off season. Usually by now, ladies and gentlemen, the NBA has had has made a plethora of moves in terms of free agency. We have seen the draft happen already. And as of right now, the playoffs are still starting. We're still technically in the first round. We're first round slash second round because teams like the Nuggets and, and Jazz are still playing. And the Rockets and the Thunder are playing. Um... But it's going to be interesting because the question of the day is, what does the NBA do once the season's over? Will they give the NBA teams two to three months like they always have to draft, fire, evaluate certain talents, and make certain moves for the next season? When will the next season start? Will it start in December or January? Or will it start, start in March? What happens? Do they make an 82-season game in shorter so they can get back into things because this whole COVID thing is kind of like changed everything. So if you start the season in January and you let it go to 82 games, that will definitely go past June or July. So then it goes into a cycle where the season, rather than always starting in September or October, will start start to um, season will start later, later, and later because of this whole COVID cycle that kind of derailed whatever normalcy in terms of draft drafts and free agent signings and season startings and whatever else. Um, you know, another thing I wanted to talk about, you know, the NBA does this thing and the NHL does it too, which is weird too because it doesn't make any sense either, but the NBA has this thing called the lottery. Now, the lottery basically gets all the teams that were under 500 and like a lottery, you don't know when where the teams are gonna go at what spot certain teams are going to claim. You don't know who's number one. And it's tricky. You know, we saw within the last fifteen to twenty years, we saw teams like the Cleveland Cavaliers claim the th- number one spot at least three times. Who does that? They do. Um so now in the NHL we saw a playoff team like the New York Rangers claim the first spot. uh, NHL lottery is that fair is it fair that a team that was in the playoffs claim the number one spot it's like right now the Chiefs the Chiefs um, what's the word the Chiefs won the Super Bowl and then in this past NBA draft they uh, draft um, Chase Young for whatever the reason is and the Rangers probably got that, that draft pick um from another team I don't really follow hockey like that to really know if they did or not 
But long story short, my Knicks. My Knicks, the last five seasons have sucked. And it always seems when they should be one of those teams that claims one of the top three seeds or uh, top five spots in the NBA draft, because of the lottery, they pick lower and they miss out. This year, current, uh, this year, I think they have the, they're going to pick eighth in the draft when at least three or more teams that are between first and seventh had a uh, better record than them and they get to get and they get to have um they get to have a better draft slot it doesn't make sense it's like last season zion williamson great talent how does he go to a team that was almost in the playoffs in the pelicans and the and the next get the third or fourth pick when they got rj barrett i don't i will never understand that ladies and gentlemen i think it should always go to who are the f- 15 worst teams in in the in the season and if there's trades where a playoff team was able to crack the top 15 spots that's okay that's on them but for a team for a team that that sucked the previous season you're just helping them lose out even more especially if the top three talented players like Lamelo ball great young uh, uh point guard who the knicks need can't get him so now they're talking about possibly getting guys who are good wing um good defensive players but not really impactful players there's rumors that maybe the knicks will trade their eighth spot or the eighth um trade their first round draft picks for a uh, impact player um this is crazy but anyway maybe boring you maybe boring myself Next week, we'll talk. We'll see if the Jazz could not lose the series. We'll see if the Thunder do something that they weren't supposed to do this year. Thunders weren't supposed to be in the playoffs, yet they were. Thunder weren't supposed to take the Houston Rockets to Game 7, yet they are. And crazy. I mean, Mike D'Antoni may be fired if the Rockets can't beat the Thunder because the Thunder are not supposed to be taking the Houston Rockets to a game seven and yet they are but um long story short stay safe out there wear your mask watch sports treat one another with respect and we'll be talking again next week on new topics and new situations in sports and not around the world have a wonderful day